do. 2 Kings chapter number 7, verse number 1, we're going to begin there. 2 Kings chapter number 7, verse number 1, the Bible says, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. I love how that starts. Thank God. I say this often, but thank God that we don't have to listen to the opinions of man. Thank God that we don't have to read in the Word of God and see what people think, but what the Lord Himself thinks. We want to know what He has to know about a subject or what He wants us to know about a subject. We can look, Brother Joe, in His Word, and He will give us just what He thinks about that subject. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel. And two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Elisha, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat thereof. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the scripture that you've given to us tonight. Lord, I pray that you just use us. Lord, I pray that you'd use us for the furtherance of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you'd just use the message, God, that you've laid on my heart. And Lord, to be able to be a blessing to someone that may be here tonight, and was one that's tuning in by way of the internet. Lord, I pray that you would just bless them. Use this, God, in a great and mighty way for your honor, for your glory. But God, I pray you'd hide me behind the cross. And Lord, let me preach in the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, guard my mouth and mind as I preach tonight, God. But, Lord, I pray that you'd use, God, me, Lord, to be able to be something for your honor, Lord, tonight. Lord, I love you and I praise you and I thank you, God, that you saved my soul. God, I thank you that you've been good to me. God, thank you that you've been faithful to me. Lord, we thank you for all of these things. Thank you for salvation. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen and amen. When you look in 2 Kings chapter number 7, you begin to look at a a demise of people. People of Samaria were surrounded by the people of Syria, and they were in trouble. As a matter of fact, in chapter number 6, they were in such dire problems and dire straits and had gone into such a famine that if you read portions of that scripture, I believe it's about chapter 6, 24 through 29, they begin to speak how they were boiling their own children and they were eating their own children. Now let me tell you this, that when you get into the depths of sin... The devil will take you into places you didn't think you would ever be able to go. It'll take you to places that you don't ever want to be a part of. But sin will do something just like that in your life. But in chapter number 6, as a matter of fact, the power of God has been shown. Chapter number 6, Elisha smites the the Syrian army with blindness and uh, they can't see what's going on. As a matter of fact, earlier in the chapter, uh, his, his helper was able to open his eyes and to be able to see the great army of angels that was wrapped around them, that they had nothing to fear because of that mighty army that God has sent to be able to fight the battles for Elisha. But in chapter chapter number 7, you're coming to another amazing account of the Bible. Uh, I believe that these accounts in the Bible are wonderful things that reveal to us the amazing power that God has, the amazing omniscience, the majestic or the majesty of God is be able to, to be seen in how He works and how He moves. And we have the privilege to serve Him. We have the privilege to know Him. We have the privilege that He knows us and He cares for each and every one of us. Thank God that He knows my name. Hallelujah. 
And to know that a God so powerful that spoke this world into existence knows Shane Roy. That God had such power that he was able to, to form man of the dust of ground and breathe the breath of life in him. He cares for me enough and desires to, to me have a relationship and desires that each of you have a relationship with him. It just makes me stand back in awe of the awesome God that we serve. Then I'm amazed at how God works and works out His will and how He bestows His love upon His people time and time and time again. He shows the grace of God. He shows the mercy of God. And He desires that all of men would come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight or you're here watching tonight, I want you to know that Jesus Christ died for you. Jesus Christ died that you might have eternal life. Jesus Christ died that we can go to a place called heaven that these singers have been singing about and the congregation has been singing about and what we're preaching about right now is not a fairy tale. It's not a, a, a myth. It is a reality that God is going to give to each and every one of us someday. Hallelujah. But thankfully, He desires that each and every one of us know that. But in our text, when we begin to look at this, in our text, we have this way where Israel has uh, been cornered. The people of Samaria have been cornered and they have no way to help themselves. And I must say, I have done that to myself before. I have worked myself into a corner of my own doings. Come on now. All of us can say, woe is me. Uh, each and every one of us has done that. But I'm thankful that he's a God of mercy and a God of love. When they begin to look around and they're in Samaria and they're in this city and they're surrounded. The Syrians had surrounded them and they had besieged the city and they had attacked and they had gone to war with them. But then finally they just said, you know what? Why should we waste our energy? Why should we waste our resources? Why don't we just stay here and let them be where they are? And let them starve to death. Hmm. Sounds like a strategy that sometimes the devil himself would employ. I'll be honest with you, the devil doesn't mind that you go to church and sit on a pew. The devil doesn't mind that you come into this wonderful place. As long as you don't let the words that are preached from the pulpit penetrate your heart. And apply them to your life. As long as you come in, you sit and you listen and you kind of daydream and then you go on and walk on about your own fairy way and, and just happy-go-lucky. The devil does not have a problem with that. He'll let you come into this city. He'll let you come into the walls of this church and you can starve spiritually sitting right there on a pew. You can backslide from the front pew of a church. You can backslide from the back pew of the church. None of you, I'm sorry, there's, well, there's only Brother Shane on the front row, so I'm sorry, Brother Shane, I picked you out. But we do have several on the back row. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. You can, okay, let me get you. You can backslide from the middle rows of the church and anywhere in between. And the devil wouldn't mind you doing that. The devil wouldn't mind you sitting there just listening and going on. But those Syrian army, they had decided to stop waging that war. Just let the people of God starve to death. And what they felt was their refuge was swiftly becoming their ruin. 
what they thought was a place to be able to be away from the enemy was about to ruin them because they were going to starve to death. Satan has a way of surrounding us with so much work, so many deeds. Come on, y'all with me. The service that we can do for the Lord gets you busy in doing all of that and concentrating on that and you can still starve spiritually because you forget to. Preacher, you can be so busy studying for the next sermon that you forget to feed your soul personally. Sunday school teacher, you can do the same, being so ready to prepare for that next lesson that you can starve spiritually because you do not feed yourself personally on a daily basis in the Word of God. Now, I'm preaching from here to all the way all over. Boy, we gotta have to, we must be careful of what we're doing. And the city was about to starve to death, but then there were four lepers. <laughs> four outcasts. Four outcasts that decided to move, decided to do something. Some of those outcasts of the city gave the opportunity to the city at, at one point. Why? How is it that they were able to do it? Four were truly unwanted people. They were the outcasts of the city that they could not allow. As a matter of fact, this is the way that it worked. Uh, as those people were lepers and they were cast out of the city limits, that, that whenever their families were able to feed themselves and the leftovers that they had, they would bring out of the outside borders and they would give to those lepers. Now there was nothing inside the city, so how in the world were they able to bring anything to those four lepers? There's nothing that they could bring to that family member. There's nothing that they could do that. And they were completely unwanted, but I can tell you this, but they were unafraid. They were unwanted, but they were unafraid. I want you to look with me in a few verses. Look at verse number 2 with me in chapter number 7. Actually, let's just go on down for sake of time. Go down to chapter number two, verse or 7, verse, verse number 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and if we say and we die there, and if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians, and if they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight. That word right there means in the evening breeze, just as dusk begins to settle in, that nice breeze that's coming across and at twilight they go into the camp of the Syrians and they were come to the uttermost part of the camp or the outskirts of the camp and the Sy- of the Syrians of the Syrians and behold there was no man there now, I don't I, I know that they were unafraid in this way that it didn't matter whether I go we, we sit here I'm gonna die and if I go in there I'm gonna die and if we go to the Syrians they may keep us alive, but they may kill us, so we're no worse off. They, we, we may just die no matter what section that we go to, no matter what area we're going in. But they were unafraid to move forward and do something to say, hey, we've got to do something. We've got to move about and do something that they were also, they were unwanted, but they were not useless. They could go and they could be used for, of God. Look at verses number 6 and 7 with me. Look at chapter number 7. Look at verse number 6. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. 
Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight, and they left their tents and their horses and their asses and even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. Those men, they were used of God in a great and mighty way. You say, how were they used? As those four men, those four weak men that could not do anything, that could not hardly even fend for themselves. They depended on other people. Uh, their body was rotting because of the leprosy that was upon them. Yet all of a sudden, they're being used of God in a great and mighty way to be able to, to, to deliver a complete city for the glory of God. You say, Brother Shane, I'm not anything. I'm not very special. I don't have any great talents. I can't do anything of myself. You don't have to do anything of yourself because the Lord that is inside of you can use you just the way you are. When you come to the realization that God uh, wants to help you and wants to uh, uh, use you and to be able to do great things and mighty things for you uh, uh, in in His name, it is an amazing, liberating time that we have. Thank God that I know that that God can use me. Boy, I want to be used of God and I want to do something. But boy, the world may think that I'm useless. But glory to God in heaven, I have something that's useful to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I have something great and mighty that can happen. I'm not useless in that way. Thank God that God could use us. But then they were also unwanted, but they were not unworthy. God still wanted to use them in a great way. But God said, you may be useless to the world. You may be Unwanted to the world. But you're not unworthy to have my grace and my mercy bestowed upon you. How is that? Because I can give my grace to the lowly. Boy, those that give a step of faith and go in a step of faith. And that's what these lepers were doing. They were taking that step of faith. Look at verse number 8 with me. And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, that's the outskirts of the camp. And they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went in and hid it. Wow. Now, I want you to think about this. This is battle time. And the Syrian army did not have military-grade transportation that we think of today. Nor did they have those military uh, food that, that they could come and set up and to be able to deliver on a regular basis. They had to bring everything that they needed for the time that they were there. Now, I'll tell you, you guys that were in the military, it probably wasn't good food. But it was sustenance. It was something that could make you live. It's something that could help you. And here they were. They went into that one tent and they ate and they ate and they ate and they drank what they could. And they had a good time. Then they found raiment and boy, those new clothes. And they looked wonderful. And then they thought, boy, here's some gold and here's some silver. And then go on in the midway and came in and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went in and hid it. Boy, they're taking all of this treasure. But look at verse number nine. Then they said one to another, we do not well. Uh, easy spiritual, very easy spiritual application to this is that, boy, I was, leprosy is always a, a sign of sin. And all of us were sin sick one day. Then all of a sudden, one day, we got saved by the glorious blood of Jesus Christ. And we found treasures 
Brother Nick, treasures untold, treasures unseen. We saw uh, a food that we could have. We could have a, a nourishment that we needed on our life and in our spiritual life. And then uh, we've been given riches. The riches of God Almighty has been given to us. And if we come into this house... We come into this church house and spend all of our time and say, boy, look how God is good to us. And we come in and we enjoy the treasures that God has given to us. And we enjoy the food that God serves off of the table of these pulpits for us. When pastor preaches and and, and the guest preachers preach. When we have all of these wonderful things and we don't go out and share it with the rest of the world, we do not well. We must go out and to tell beyond the borders of this church, beyond the borders of these ways. And they were not unworthy to do that. And you say, well, what was so wonderful about doing these things? Well, God made this way. And I, and I, I, want, I think about this as a kid. I think about this. when uh, I remember days, years and days ago, uh, I'd get hungry because I was, I was playing outside. And, and mom would, would always cook supper. Now, how many of you were kids like me that y'all went out and, and you played from sunup till sundown? Yes, glory to God. I'm among friends. You played sun up to sundown and you had a good time. And then all of a sudden, uh, you heard mama call. And mama said, come and get it. Yes. Actually, mom had a, one of those Cherokee yelps to her. She would say, come and get it. It's hard to emulate, but that's the way she'd do it. Scared the living tar out of my friends. They started running the other way. But I knew it was a call for me to come home. And it's as if God is telling the people of God, listen, I've cleared a path for you. <laughs> I've used some unwanted people. But I have cleared a pathway for you to be able to get all that you need. All that you desire, all that I want you to have. You just need to come and get it. You just need to come on out and get it. Boy, it was about those men. Those men went out. Why? Because why is it? what is it that you're thinking that you can say? Well, number one, you look at this. I see this in verse number six. The Lord made the way. The Lord made the way himself. It wasn't anything that man had done. It wasn't a... a, a, a Uh, an attack of anybody else, but it was God Almighty that was making a way. Look at verse number 6. And the Lord had made the host of Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and of horses and the noises of a great host. Boy, those four lepers were weak. They were never going to be able to attack an army. They were never going to defeat probably several hundred thousand people were probably around that camp and around that, that city of Samaria. And there was no way that four lepers could ever do anything. But with the help of God. I'm done getting excited. But with the help of God, it doesn't matter how many you are. It doesn't matter how many that you're going against and how many that you have to battle against. But when the Lord Jesus Christ is on your side, and I'm glad to tell you that right now, tonight, at 1974, Walt Stevens Road, the Lord Jesus Christ is on my side. And the Lord Jesus Christ is on your side. And God is for you. And God wants to see you prosper. And God wants to see great and mighty things in your life. And God will make a way for you Every step of the way. I'm thankful that He will touch us and use us and and great mighty things will happen. Even when you're not able to do anything, God can do it through you. How is it that they were motivated? They were motivated in several ways, but they were moved to a point of despair. They had no choice. 
They had nothing else that they could do. They had a dilemma. They were moved because of a point of a dilemma that they had. That there's nothing. Either we go here or we go there. But the results are going to be the same. They were moved to a point of a decision that said, we have to go do something or we'll just die sitting here. Harvest Baptist Tabernacle, we need to do something. Lord, help me. Please, I don't mean this wrong, but we've got to move forward. If the Lord tarries is coming, we've got to tell others about Jesus Christ and bring others to the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to go out and tell others about the highways and the byways of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to make a decision and say, hey, I want to go do something. You say, Brother Shane, I am. Good, great, encourage somebody else sitting next to you or on the next row or on the next row. Encourage them to do the same thing, to go out and tell others about Jesus Christ. Tell them about the great things that are inside of this church. Tell them about the great things that are happening and the Lord will make a way, boy, be able to move things and move, make that way. How is it? Because He's revealing His strength to us. There's storms in every one of our lives. We all have storms that happen in our lives, but why would God allow a storm? Well, number one, I think it's to to chasten us for sin. There are times when the sin is in our life and He will chasten us and a storm is able to come. But then there are times to teach us new things. I need you to know something new. I need you to know and I'm going to reveal and open your heart up to something else. But then there are times that Jesus Christ, God Almighty, is allowing a storm in our life just to draw us Closer to Him. This is the most dangerous thing because sometimes I have seen it go both ways. I have seen people that have absolutely gone in the direction with open arms and begged God for mercy and grace and have embraced God. But then I have seen people where they have rejected and they have turned their back on God just because of the storm. But I can tell you, according to James chapter number 4, verse number 8, the Bible tells you, draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh Unto you, glory to God. That is a promise, that is an assurance that if you are looking to be able to draw nigh to God, He will not ever reject you. If you take a step closer to Him, He'll take a step closer to you. If you take a jump or a leap closer to Him, then He's going to take a leap closer to you. And let me just tell you this, His steps are a whole lot bigger than your steps. And His leaps are a whole lot bigger than your leaps. And I thank God that I've got a God that cares for me and He's going to come along and show Himself the the strength that he has show himself strong to us. But then also he'll make a way of that steadfastness that he has. What is that steadfastness? When God makes a way, you can be assured you're not going to mistake it. You're not going to think, well, isn't that a coincidence? Because God has a way of clearing out the path. There's no doubting the way that God makes it because only he will be able to make that way. There's been times in my life where I've been going and I've been trudging alone and I felt like I have slipped and I have fallen. But the psalmist tells us this, that when I said my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. By the mercies of God, we are not consumed. By the mercy of God, He has given to us. And that gives us assurance that I don't have to fear whatever the devil comes against me with because I have God on my side. If God be for us, who? can be against us. What a wonderful promise that we have that the Lord has made a way. But then also number two, I'm moving quickly. The Lord has moved the enemy. Don't you love it when 
something seems to be in your way and God says, why don't you just let me take care of that? There's been times in my life that I have had things go, kind of get in my way. And I have thought, Lord, how am I going to do this? And Brother Joe, he says, Shane, you're not going to do this. If you try to do it on your own, you'll be in trouble. But if you let me just move out of my way and you let me do something, then it'll all work out. How is this? Look at verse number 7 with me. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight, and there left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. They didn't take anything with them. Whatever they had in their hands, they took off and they started running. They didn't break their tent down. They didn't grab a horse. They didn't grab anything else. They just went ahead and started running for their life because they knew that God was on Israel's side. Boy, don't you remember Rahab when Rahab was sitting there in chapter number 2, verse number 9 of Joshua. She says that uh, we knew and we heard about how the Lord had done all these great things and the fear of the Lord had come upon all of us because we knew that your God is the mighty God, your God is the great God, your God is the one that can make all things happen. And thank God that there is a, a fearful enemy that I'm thankful that when the days come in my life and I'm facing an enemy and I'm facing the devil and I'm facing the demons of hell, I've got a great one that's inside of me and he runs and shrieks in fear when I begin to tell him the name of Jesus Christ who my big brother is, glory to God he shrinks in fear, why? because I have a great God greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world such a wonderful thought, what a wonderful thing to be able to know that he lives within us he's a great and mighty and powerful God but then also it's a fleeing enemy How's he fleeing? Well, this morning we got into James chapter number... As a matter of fact, last Wednesday morning and this Wednesday morning, we looked at James chapter number 4, verse number 7. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Well, second part, resist the devil and he will flee. That's a promise. He will flee from you. Well, when we look at that, that fleeing enemy, God has promised... To supply our needs, has he not? Philippians chapter number 4, verse number 19, he has promised that he would supply every need that we have according to what? His riches and glory. Glory to God, what a wonderful promise that is. So if I know that when I can resist the devil and I can resist the enemies that God uh, 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 allows to come against me and those people that come against me and I can resist them and I can push back and I can push back as hard as I can, then all of a sudden look with me in verse number 8. Look what happens in verse number 8 with chapter number 7 in Second Kings. And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went in and hid it and did it again. For sake of time, I want you to roll down with me to verse number 15. And they went after them unto Jordan. This is the people. All right, now, the lepers are already gone back to the people of Samaria and said, look what has happened. And the king sends a band of people and says, let's go after them. And look at verse number 15. And they went after them unto Jordan. And lo, all the way was, look at this, full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. The messengers returned and told the king. Not only do we have a fleeing enemy, but we have that fleeing enemy that is supplying the needs that God has promised that he would do. 
Think about that. Think about the very fact that God already owns everything that those Syrian, the Syrian army had already. It was his. Amen. It was his. He was just transferring from one hand to the hand that he wanted to have. Now, I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching that you're always going to be a millionaire. But if you are, tithe, praise God. You're not always going to have great wealth and you're not always going to have great health. You're going to have problems. There's going to be times in your life where you're thinking, Lord, where, where, where are you in the middle of this? But there are going to be times when the enemy is fleeing away and then in the path, there is going to be supplied every need that we have and the spoils in that pathway that that fleeing enemy is going to run with the very sound of the name of Jesus Christ. See, it's God's riches anyway, like I said. He'll just transfer them from one, move them to the enemy, to his people. But then lastly, number three, and we'll be done this evening, the Lord manifests himself. Say, how is that possible, Brother Shane? How do you see that? Look with me in verse number 16. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel. Hmm. Starting to sound familiar? And two measures of barley for a shekel. And I want you to underline that last phrase, because I underline it in my Bible, according to the word of the Lord. See, I'll be honest with you, Brother Earl, I believe that at the very beginning of this chapter, the king and the men of the king were very skeptical of Elisha and the little prophecy that he had given. As a matter of, a matter of fact, the keeper of the gate actually said, if God was able to put windows in heaven, would that even be possible? What you're saying is impossible. But there's nothing impossible with God. There's nothing impossible. The king and his men were there, but I can tell you this, that if God says this will be done, take it to the bank. It will be done. Because when God manifests himself, it's going to be obvious. It's going to be so obvious that we see that. Psalm chapter number 126, it says it this way in verse number 3. The Lord hath done great things, whereof, whereof we are glad. I'm glad when I begin to see God move in a great and mighty way. And there's no mistaking what God has done and when he does great things. I have seen miracles. See, Brother Shane... You're a relatively young man. Thank you for saying that. But I have seen... Don't shake your head no at me, Brother Jeff. That's not nice. I'll call you out, bless God. I ain't scared. (laughs) But in my relatively young life, I have seen great and mighty miracles take place. Miracles that I thought were impossible. I've seen people healed of things. I've seen... The need of financial matters taken care of. I have seen people that have been in a terrible situation and God has made a way for them. God has made that way and God has cleared that pathway and God has manifested himself. As a matter of fact, there are some people sitting in this very room tonight where God has done great things and manifest his power in your life. Boy, that ought to just 
make a shout hallelujah and thank God. It's obvious, and I'll be honest with you, it's overwhelming. When God manifests himself, look at verse number 18 with me. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. You know what was amazing to me as I read this passage, Brother Jose? I began to really look into this and they had an amazing sell on flour. What yesterday people were begging for, now people were just selling for pennies on the dollar. Why? Because God had said it would happen. Brother Joe, you know what that makes me know? That he didn't need to put windows in heaven. He already had the supply. Waiting and ready. Just took four leprous men to have the courage to go out and to be able to tell them, hey, look what God has done. Look what God has for us. Boy, I just want to say this tonight. If you're needing some blessings from the Lord Jesus Christ, if you need some blessings from God, they're here. Just come and get it. Or as my mom would say, come and get it. That's what you need to do. Just draw up to the table of God. And enjoy the blessings that God has promised to you. Psalmist says that he daily loadeth us with blessings. Thank God I am among that number. And all you have to do is come and get it. Come and get what God has already ready for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this night. God, I thank you for the time that you've given to us tonight.